Roxo Media House. Hello, Frog fans. Welcome to Post Game Beers. We are the Lupton Drinking Club coming to you ready to chat about a busy week of Frog Ball USA. I'm your host, Kyle Malloy at YellMK, joined by my co-host, Jacob Sailors at JD Sailors. Jacob, outside of the TCU Horn Frogs, how about your Florida Atlantic Owls taking it to the Wildcats a couple nights ago? I don't know about y'all's brackets, but I got them winning it all. So I'm sitting pretty over here. That's always been your team that you've cheered for outside of TCU. Always. Yeah. You know, it's, it's what's not to love about Florida Atlantic. They're over there in Florida on the Atlantic side of things. And and what more could you ask for from a fight in Tom Herman's? Yeah. I might get my PhD there. We'll see. No, No, actually in all seriousness, my Brack, me and Ray were joking about this because we both picked Arizona to win it all. And I said, I, I took the afternoon off that first Thursday to watch games. And I told Ray my bracket was busted before I finished my third beer of the day. <laughs> We've got Crazy Ray Cart right here. We've got the Sultan of Stat, Mark Guerrero. And of course, our brand new father, uh, the number one dad, according to many, uh, Garrett Evans. Fellas, what a weekend we had. It was hey, fun. So, so I want to start the pod off with this because according to my count, we now have two fathers on the pod. So two fathers and three virgins. I believe my numbers are correct. Bless you, son. Yes. For I have not sinned. Do you know what my favorite part about this podcast is? Is when when I say something and or like I try to make a joke. And there's just like dead air because you guys are like laughing silently on camera. I, was la- I, was, I just laughed out loud. I think Ray got it on audio. <laughs> but yeah, enough enough about my failed jokes. Garrett, happy Father's Day. Thank you, man. Yeah, say it's uh it's a surreal, it's a surreal thing. It's uh it has been an incredible couple of days. It's been a uh exhausting couple of days. So I'm sure I'll I expect more of that in my future, but, uh, but no, it's, it's incredible, man. Super excited and could not be, uh, could not be happier. My takes on the first couple of games are going to be slim to none for uh, <laughs> obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but no, man, it's, it has been, uh, it has been a really cool couple of days. Yeah. So, my experience. Yeah. What's the timeline been like? So it was funny enough. So we, he was supposed to be like an induced or whatever the day before he came. So, we we were watching the World Baseball Classic at the house. It had just wrapped up. Game had just ended, and as like literally as the game ended, they're closing out the broadcast. There, everyone's talking about Otani and, and whatnot. My wife turns to me. She goes, "Hey, uh, so I think it's time. Like I think we're doing this." Well, and, yeah, the uh, game was over. Tommy, <laughs> put your wife in labor. <laughs> little Shay, little Shay uh, Evans is on the way. Yeah, right. Not now, so, honey. Yeah. It's Otani versus Trout. <laughs> we got a three-two count. No, we go, we go in there and say it. It kind of it, it, it happened uh, early, earlier than expected. So that was great. And she's uh, she's 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 not a fan of needles, and she had to get a, a little IV or whatever before we get going. Here, she's like, well, didn't, she's, uh, try to wait till after midnight so you could get that extra day in the hospital. Oh, oh dude! No. So I really. I really wanted the uh, the three two 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 three birthday. Missed out on it by a few uh, hours. I know. Ended up fun with three. numbers. The Mayans would the Mayans would have loved it. Fun fun with numbers, but no, she 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 cracked me up, man. She got her little uh, her little IV in before we'd been you know taken back for the for the whole deal. And she, this girl just hates IVs. She's like, Garrett, like, distract me. Just tell me some. Just tell me some baseball stats. Like, how, how's TCU doing? Just, just, just run, just run it down for me. So uh, th- these nurses probably think I'm the, the weirdest husband of all time. So I'm, I'm trying to explain to her about Anthony Silva while she's giving my nurse uh, or I my think the uh, my wife still uh, bothering. Doesn't quite have the timing <laughs> down yet. Yeah. You weren't yeah, giving or, her live updates on leadoff Luke Boyers. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what are the What's what's the uh, tail of the tape? Yeah, it was it was it's it's been it's been a wild few days, guys. I feel very sleep deprived, so it could be an interesting pod from my end. But uh, now the tail of the tape, the height, the weight, 
all the all the stats. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a big boy, man. He's in like the ninety seventh percentile, I believe it is. Oh, I think we're at we're at eight point two right now. And uh gosh, how long is he? Shoot. I'll have to look that one up. That's the stat I don't have in front of me today, guys. But uh, listening, yeah. class of uh twenty forty one. Yeah. He'll be- He'll, oh, dude, he'll, he'll be ready frame. to go. Little little homie, out that I was frame, but I was down there earlier when we were feeding him and put my little finger down there. And that dude's got a big old bear paw hand, a hot, nice strong grip. He's gonna be ready to go. So hey, okay. do y'all know who else has a big hand? Caitlin Who's Clark, that? and she went off last night. Forty-one points. 10 rebounds and 11 assists as the Iowa Hawkeyes took down the Miami Hurricanes to advance to the final four in the NCAA women's bracket. What did you, what are y'all thoughts on that? This has been your title nine update on the <laughs> post game beers podcast. <laughs> Congrats to Caitlin. Hell of a show. Did Iowa win? They did. <laughs> what they I lost? just said yeah, they advanced to the final four. Were you not listening, Martin? No. And Miami has those two like really famous girls, right? They're like TikTok famous or something. God, what are we about? doing? What are yeah, we the doing? Two NIL, yeah, two big <laughs> NIL yeah, girls. That's enough. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, enough. yeah. That's what it is. All right, we'll but, change directions. Hey, Garrett, congratulations. Um, <laughs> this has been a hell of a week for you. Hopefully, one to remember because your first kid was born. So, give yeah. him some um, advice, MK. Stop holding out. Advice? I have yeah, no advice some, for a baby. Tell, I, I, for, I forgot all that. That was five years ago for me. So, Garrett, <laughs> quickly. <laughs> Were you more excited you know, about the frogs going five and zero this week, or the birth of your son? Answer so wisely. It's it's a, it's a toss up. I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna go out gonna have to go with the mini horse. But I will preface that with TCO has not lost a baseball game since he's been on this planet. So we Hell are yeah. rocking and rolling. Let's go. All he's ever known is winning. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it. All all he does is win. <laughs> what a spoiled brat. That little kid is. <laughs> and he didn't have to sit through the lean years. You really okay. have to get hardened as a fan. 2018. 20... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, first, I want to start the pod with a shout out to a friend of the pod, Andy Wright, father of Garrett. Um, he arrived halfway through the game on Saturday with some tall boys. Hell for yeah, bo- dude. For your boys. And he said he and his wife uh, didn't think we were loud enough. And so he wanted to bring us some beer. So, uh, Andy, thank you. Uh, we appreciate you. And it was great to see you again. Yeah, let's all, everybody listening, try to follow Andy's example there. Because that, that yeah, set us bring, right. Bring artillery Dude, those weren't just tall boys, MK. Those were artillery shells, man. Those were the, the full American-blooded 24-ounce cans. <laughs> Ice cold. And we did get loud after that. I mean, it worked. Shoot, I got dizzy after that. (laughs) Y'all ready to jump into some some games? Yeah, I guess we might as well. We got a lot to cover. We do. We got five games to cover Tuesday and Wednesday. Let's start with the midweek games. A rare um, Tuesday and Wednesday night, you know, for Frogs. They're playing both nights. Abilene Christian on Tuesday and Northwestern on Wednesday. The Frogs beat uh, Abilene Christian 7-0 with the help of home runs by Luke Boyers and David Bishop. Luke went two for five on the day with three RBIs. Chase Hoover pitched seven innings, only giving up two hits, two walks, struck out four. Uh, I think this was a good win for for the Frogs. ACU's Mm -hmm. only lost six games on the year, and they're a solid uh, mid-major program. Northwestern, uh, on on Wednesday, they were a team that came into town, have yet to play a game at home. Uh, sorry, fellas. But uh, and while it was close through the first four innings, the Frogs put up a crooked number in the fifth, took care of business nine to two. Uh, notables from Wednesday, uh, a good solid outing for Braden Sloan on the mound. Luke uh, Boyers had two more hits, including a second homer in as many nights. And then under the radar, um, Eli Nunez, he, was, he, he popped out of his slump with a triple down the line. Uh, and and so that was fun to see him kind of uh, kind of get out of that that rough spot. So, fellas, we've got Abilene Christian and Northwestern thoughts from those uh, midweek games. Yeah. So I think on one hand you could say, all right, they won, but what was the quality of the opponent? To me, after that OU series and after losing to UTA and looking terrible against Texas State, I don't care who the opponent is. First of all, just go out and win. 
Okay, take care of that first. We got that done. Now, if you want to start getting picky after that, I I would say that ACU went a little better than expected, but I was sort of let down offensively against Northwestern. I thought we really could have padded some stats and put some numbers up. And right. honestly, that Northwestern game, through about three innings or so, it started to look like a dogfight a little bit yep. until we kind of pulled away. But you know what? I'm just going to just my overarching thought is we won and it wasn't all that hard. So all high marks from me. <clears throat> yeah, I was surprised. I thought I thought Abilene Christian would be the tougher game of the midweek games, but they kind of – well, they have like four errors. They kind of gave yeah. it to CCU on Tuesday. Like, they kind of just made it easy, whereas Northwestern, they're probably one of the worst teams in college baseball, but they didn't play bad. Like, they didn't – they just are bad. They didn't make <laughs> mistakes. They didn't, like, make a bunch of mistakes and, and let TCU, you know, get a huge lead. I mean, that's probably the best game that, that they could play against us, and yep, it was 9-2. to two. Yeah, I know Garrett doesn't have to finish the game. Yeah, I have not, not much on that game. I did have it on uh, that night. My only takeaway was that Northwestern's jerseys were just abysmal. Terrible. That, that, that was about all I could get out of that game. Yeah. yeah, so we were actually recording that night, so I didn't watch the last couple innings. Uh, and this kind of leads into another thought on, uh, let's see, was it Friday when Garrett Wright came in and uh, gave up the game-tying base hit with a guy on? And I was really questioning that move, and we can talk about that more, but I didn't know that he had come in on Wednesday and pitched an inning and struck out the side. So that kind of changes the math for me on that uh, Friday decision. All right, yeah, going back. Uh, go, ahead. go ahead, Ray. Chase Hoover. Yeah. I mean, just yep. absolutely dominant. Uh, yep. Abilene Christian, they're a good hitting team. While they weren't very sharp defensively, they can still hit. And he was dominant going seven innings for the Frogs. You know, it gives him another option for these Tuesday night games going forward. Yeah, I would like to see – I would I want to play that Texas State game again with Chase Hoover on the mound. Yeah, I guess we'll sure. get that opportunity. And it gives you more options of what you can do with Braden, right? Sure. Maybe you yeah, can use him out of the bullpen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for a couple of innings. It's just another bullet in your chamber. Yeah, I mean, if I you have – You've got Chase going seven innings on Tuesday, Braden going six on Wednesday. If you told, you know, Kirk that, hey, your uh, your midweek starters are going to go 13 innings, I think you'd take that 100 times out of 100. No, yeah, I don't dislike Braden Sloan pitching at all, but you can't deny what Chase Hoover did, and that's got to – you got to think he's on the mound tomorrow, right? I would think so. Do you think the book is out on TCU? It seems like these uh, – smaller uh these smaller schools around especially in this area all they want to do is throw multiple mm-hmm. guys at you right yeah every Someone, every inning they're, they're almost every else other inning you know their starter only went two innings and then it was like one guy after another after that yeah I mean, I think ETA did the same dbu did the same i think it's pretty smart because you know with with the kind of talent tcu has you're asking for a lot of trouble if you're letting these guys see them for a second or third time, right? Yeah. So just keep keep them on their toes the whole game and maybe squeeze out a win. It's pretty smart. And I think I think with COVID and everything, uh, kind of spread out the talent more. Yeah. So it's probably a lot easier to get a reliever who can throw, you know, ninety something. Um, and not every team is built that way. I think it's just the teams in our area, just because we have so many good like JUCOs and high schools and. Um, you know, baseball is pretty big in the state of Texas. I think it's a lot easier to accumulate a bunch of guys in the bullpen that can throw, you know, 96, 97. Like, uh, that's a huge difference. Why did, you know, we didn't know Missouri was going to be this good, but remember Missouri brought in uh, a couple guys that were throwing 98 mile an hour bowling balls that mm-hmm. didn't hit. And then, and then, you know, look at the contrast that with Kansas who has nobody in the bullpen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that series was over as soon as they pulled their Friday starter. Like. Yeah, let's let's go there, MK. That's a good segue. Yeah. Hold Real on. Real quick, uh, I, I, wanna, I just want to follow up on Ray's point, which sure. was the book is out. So okay. one of the midweek games that we lost was Texas State. 
and their starter went four innings. The reliever went three and two thirds. And I feel like, like you guys said, DBU, ACU, uh, what uh, other other midweek UTA. games they've done, they've done that where every inning a new guy comes in. So I, I don't know if it's it's the recipe for success, but it it, it could work. I don't know. Question mark. Yeah, but Texas State might be the exception where they, they I mean, that's you know, they were one win away from Omaha last year. They, they have more talent than your typical Tuesday night opponent. I right. think they might be an exception to race point. Okay. Right. I do have, uh, you know, Cohen Feaster came in and mm-hmm. pitched the last two innings, brought home the win. Have y'all looked at his stats on the year? Yeah, of course. A lot of strikeouts. Actually, no. He's got uh, 11 <laughs> strikeouts, only one walk, zero earned runs, and a .72 whip in yeah. eight and a third innings of work. I do remember a couple of weeks ago pointing out his whip, but and he's done all that, Ray, while battling injury. Yeah, for sure. And it's, you know, something that I kind of would like to see more Cohen going forward. Yeah, I've thought about that, but I think the injury might be, they might be being cautious with him. Okay, so good midweek performance from the Frogs. Let's jump into the weekend against the Kansas Jayhawks. They swept the Jayhawks in a three-game series over what was an absolutely perfect weekend of baseball uh, and baseball weather. Friday night, the closest of the three games with the Frogs having to rally from behind, 5-2, to two, after a three-run home run by the Jayhawks. Then TCU put up four runs in the sixth, and they were able to finish the game off 8-6 uh, to six in what was, uh, like I said, the closest game. Um, fellas, Vander High, he was a little off. His command hasn't been super clean the last few outings, but the environment at Lupton was fantastic for the first conference home opener. So what thoughts do you guys have about Friday night? You know, I always I feel like I point this out a lot, you know, in the year and a half we've been doing this, but I don't think it can be understated how fun it is to go to Lupton on a Friday night and just be amongst that intensity in a game like that. Like forget about how good you think the opponent is. Like everybody we we talk about this. Everybody's got a guy on Friday night that can beat you, right? So you kind of have to disregard the overall quality of the opponent in that in those first like six or seven innings of that Friday night game, because anybody can beat anybody on those nights. And it was just an electric night, you know, as far as the crowd goes and uh, just the intensity of both teams really playing hard. Um, There's a lot to dislike about this game, but because of those things that annoyed me about the game, it made it even sweeter when we came back and won. Does that make sense? Like, Absolutely. They fell down. They, they were down, what, five to two there in the bottom, in the fifth inning, into the sixth inning. And I'm thinking, man, given the way the season's gone, you got to think this is Kansas's game. Like it just felt like it was Kansas's game. Right. So this team really showed me something by coming back and winning because they haven't really done that. In the games they've won, they've kind of taken a hold of the game in the beginning. And then ridden that to the wind. I, I I don't remember another game where they came back late in the game. Like they even let Kansas tie it up again, right? Yeah. In the eighth inning, they tied it at six six. Yeah. And then we still pulled it out. So, you know, they've shown grit and it hasn't really came through, but on this night it did. And thank God we really needed that win. Guys, we've already mentioned, but Nunez, uh, he doubled, uh, uh, you know, in the sixth inning and that led uh, Bishop to score. Uh, Fontenelle and uh, scored in that inning as well. And then Boyers singled to score Nunez. And so it was one of those things where it's like, hey, these guys we've been talking about for a few games now need to step up. And they actually did. Um, Yes, for sure. That was man. And, you know, we've we mentioned that it's often Eli's right. And we started to see that paying off. You know, we can talk about Braden struggling. Um, but I want to ask you guys first, what are your thoughts right now on Vanderhigh? Like, what are your, what are your thoughts? For me, you know, ever since we've kind of seen this since the San Diego series. So it's three starts in a row now of, you know, if he command, whether he doesn't have command of his fastball that well, or his slider, and I was telling y'all in the stands on Friday, he's been effective, but wild, wildly effective. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was kind of thinking, 
with uh, the performance of Cam these last couple of weeks, maybe you know it wouldn't be the worst idea to move uh, Ryan to Sunday and then Cam start Friday nights. Yeah, I think that's a little hasty. Um, Ryan's concerning me, but the way Cam's going on Sundays, I really don't want to mess with that right now. Because mm-hmm. we we know about, you know, how do you say it? Like the mental game with Cam. And it, it's been speaking in the past. It's not automatic that you move him any struggles. I just, I'm not ready to risk that yet. Yeah, I mean, Ryan has the highest ERA by double uh, when you talk about the weekend starters, yeah. <clears throat> um, but they've won both Friday nights because they're hitting well, you know, right. so it's it's uh, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, you don't want to really rely on that going forward, but I'm not ready to say like, okay, this is who Ryan is. You know, it could just be a stretch. You know, he might snap out of it this Friday against Tech. How wonderful would that be? Um, I think he's talented enough. I, I don't really know what's going on. I like Ray said, his command is not there, and I think his velocity is a little bit down on his fastball. Garrett, do you watch Friday night? Any thoughts from the first game? Yeah, no, I, I did get to catch some of it uh, off and on, and just high level takeaways. Um, in fact, I'm looking at my phone notes right now, and it just says, "I love Boyers. I love." Fox. Yeah, we need um, to talk about that. I mean, my goodness, man, Boyers, that that was so encouraging for me. I, I love that. And and then the, kind of what you already touched on uh, with uh, Eli, I kind of was like, dang, like, there he is. There's my guy. Um, so that kind of gave me the, the warm and fuzzies in my stomach a little bit to see him uh, kind of spark spark something there and and uh, and get that double. But, you know, all in all, um, really happy with uh, happy with those guys in particular. All right. You all want yeah, to jump yeah, well, into Saturday and Sunday, or you got well, one, I just more wanna, stuff to talk about on I Friday? I mean, we can we can get into this more, but just before I forget, like a quick note on Eli, absolutely super encouraging. Let's see, uh, he went four for what? Four for twenty or so. I wish I had the number seven, ten. Uh, four for five for fifteen. Five for fifteen. So. You know, it's not like he just came out and hit 700 and you don't expect that to keep up like this. What Eli did while encouraging, I think, is also sustainable. And you see the effect it had on the offense. Mm, exactly. Yeah. I mean, do you all want to talk about the lineup construction? Because this- let's get through the rest of the games first and then we can we can do that. All right. So Saturday and Sunday, both were blowouts. Frogs beat Kansas uh, 18 to five on Saturday. They run ruled the Jayhawks on Sunday, 14 to nothing ending the game uh, in just over a couple hours, which was nice for uh, the rest of us to get our, our Sunday back. Uh, very little drama in either game. It was 75 degrees, sunny, perfect weather, uh, just a stellar end of the week. Um, some highlights, uh, Cole Klecker went seven innings on Saturday. He only gave up three runs, one walk, and five strikeouts. And then Cam Brown, I mean, we're going to talk about him, but he absolutely mowed down the Kansas lineup on Sunday, going to full seven-inning game. Uh, They ended it after that, like I said, with the run rule, and he didn't even realize the game was over. But he only allowed two hits, one walk. He struck out eight. Uh, And so before we jump to the offensive side, thoughts on pitching from Cole and Cam? They were great. Yeah, Cole was great. And the most encouraging thing from Cole on Saturday was he didn't have his best stuff. You're right. He didn't. And he was able to battle through and then still get you seven innings. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially I, I think it's easy to pitch when you're getting hitting like that, right? Like Absolutely. you can just attack the you can attack the zone and hope for the best. When their leash is a lot longer, you know, yeah. when, when when we're smacking the runs and stuff. Martin, do you have anything on pitching, or do you want to focus on hitting later on? Uh, just <clears throat> Ray, talk about uh, what Cam Brown said after his start on Sunday about Perk. Yeah. Um... So Cam, uh, in his post-game interview, uh, was with me and Charles there on Sunday. He talked about in the first three pitches, they're trying to get two outcomes, either two strikes or an action out of it. And that goes back to a little bit about uh, what Park was talking about on our podcast last week of what he, you know, what he would instill into the pitchers as his time. There's a volunteer assistant, um, 
And I thought it was cool. There was a moment in the game. Cam had a 3-0 count. And he battled back. Got made it got it to 3-2 and then ended up getting a strikeout. And he said he just took a second and reflected back on what he was thinking about what Perk had told him. Mm. You know, he also uh another thing Perk instilled in him. He was like, Well, you've got stuff. All you need is one pitch. One pitch to get a guy out. Your stuff's so good. Just one pitch. You know, and for him to battle back and get that, uh, it really boosted his confidence and carried him through the rest of the start. You know, so, Ray, he said that on our pod when last week. Yeah. He literally said the same thing. You know, these guys have one important pitch, you know, during that bat. And that can mean, you know, the entire difference. Well, yeah, a guy like, yeah. And just a question that popped in my mind is if you look past Arkansas and that Roydy boy who just tore up everybody and, Globe Life that we that weekend for Arkansas. Can you think of at any point in time where Cam's just been barreled, like anybody's just squared him up and just driven the shit out of the ball on him? Like, does anything come to mind? I'm sure it's happened, but actually, no, I don't think it has happened. You know, no, I mean, state- it doesn't have to be like a home run, but like a, a line drive to the gap. Like, does anything yeah. stick out? So, to like any team that got to him. So last week in Oklahoma, they pulled him when the bases were loaded. And they put but that was like a, walks and dinky hits, right? Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like they were squaring him up, right? Right, right. And I think that's what Perk kind of means is like, dude, nobody's going to hit you. Just make your one pitch and get a dude out. Yeah, Perk is like his batting average against. I think he's the third lowest in the Big Twelve. Amazing. And and just going back to what we we're talking about, I don't know if Sundays is permanent home, but damn, it's working. He seems comfortable there. And it's not like, I mean, I know we run rolled them this Sunday, but it's not like on Sundays we've just poured on the runs, you know, and anybody can go and pitch that game and win it. No, in fact, you would think Sunday's been kind of a struggle. You know, the Florida State series, that was a tight. Yeah. San Diego, same thing. That was a tight. Uh, OU OU was tight. Rice wasn't a blowout Um, by any means. But that game was pretty much in hand. It was, but it wasn't like a blowout. Anyway. Um, All right, so let's mention some offensive uh, stuff because this was a fun weekend. So Carson Bowen, awesome weekend. Three-run home run on Saturday. Yes. Four RBIs that day. Uh, The team overall on Saturday and Sunday had 18 walks, showing that they were a little bit more patient. Obviously, that had something to do with Kansas's uh, pretty abysmal bullpen, but whatever. Uh, it's nice hold on, no, that. hold on, wait, wait, wait. I don't want to overlook that, MK. Sorry to cut you off, but remember wh- how we were bitching about last Saturday and we weren't taking the walks? Like, it's important to note that that's a big adjustment they made. Yeah. Yep. They didn't get themselves out. <clears throat> Silva had an absolute day on Sunday. He went yard for his first time as a frog. He added a double that day as well. Uh, Cole Fontenelle hit 500 over the weekend. Um, on the week, these five games, the, tea hit, the, the team hit 329. Had nine home runs, eleven doubles, and twenty-eight walks. It was a uh, was a good week for frogball. Carson it, Bowen, Carson Bowen is now your team leader in ops and batting average. Correct. Yeah, looks like it. Yeah, uh, he's been automatic, man. Yep. I mean, it's is it sustainable? Maybe not. But is he going to like hit a point where he's bad at hitting? No. Like I think he's going to be a constant producer in this lineup. Man, uh, you know, you say 28 walks, and that reminds me of there was a point on Saturday between walks and errors where TCU was up seven to two on Kansas. Mm-hmm. They had two hits. Yeah. Just yeah. the funniest, the craziest looking box score you've ever seen yeah. up until and, that point. <laughs> and we were joking about Silva actually had two more hits that they scored errors. <laughs> <laughs> Silva did had a have a couple of errors. He, his uh, batting average could have been even higher this yeah. weekend. Yeah, you know it's funny. Um, he's actually uh, he doesn't have enough at bats to qualify because of the injury. But after Carson Bowen hitting three forty nine, Anthony Silva's hitting three twenty eight. For whatever that's worth, it's worth a lot. He's a freshman. I mean, come on. Yeah, hitting and yeah, yeah, for sure. He's Martin, a freshman you- that wasn't expected to hit. Martin, what do you got on the offensive side? Uh, the, you know, all year it's been the Trey Richardson and the Carson Bowen show, and 
you know, everybody else was kind of struggling. Braden would hit a, a home run every now and then. But I, I thought this week it was pretty huge. Uh, Anthony Silva, Luke Boyers, and, and Cole Fontenelle. Um, <clears throat> you know, it was probably during our lowest times we had uh, Anthony Silva on the shelf. Um, see, well, it started with losing a UT Arlington, and then we scored like three runs a game against uh, San Diego, and then we lose the, the series to Oklahoma, who's probably not that good, who just got swept yeah. uh, against Kansas State. Um, yep. so, so, you know, Silva was kind of on the shelf, either on the shelf or, like, was kind of nursing that injury because I think during that time he played in three games and he was, like, 0 for 11. But, you know, it's huge to get him back – I think this week, you know, our five our five game week, uh, it's huge to have him back in that nine hole. He's like another leadoff guy. This week he hit five hundred with a five fifty five on base percentage and a eight thirteen slugging percentage. That's huge. Uh, you know, when you're trying to spread out the production on the line through the throughout the lineup, and then you had two guys, uh, Luke Boyers, who, which is funny how. This week, hitting leadoff, he had one walk. Let's talk, about, let's talk about Luke for a second. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Let's do that. So he uh, he jumped into the leadoff uh, position on yeah. Tuesday, and that was a surprise, I think, to a lot. <clears throat> to say folks. the least. <laughs> um, he went nine for 22. That's a 409 batting average over the week. Two doubles, a triple, two home runs. And like you said, Martin, he only had one walk. Which is wild because that's you know he 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 has a lot of those, but his on base right. percentage now for the year is four forty seven. He's leading the team. Yeah, yeah this is his favorite time. stat. Yeah, he got, he got hit, hit twice. Yeah, he did get yeah. hit. We got to include those in walk totals. Yeah. He did. He got, yeah. he got hit three times uh, throughout the week, but it's just crazy to me because his walk percentage was like top ten in the Big Twelve, which he had never walked at that rate before. But he had also never struck out at the rate that he's striking out this year. But as soon as they move him to the leadoff spot, he's like, I'm not going to walk. I'm going to hit an extra base hit. I'm a table setter. He's he's standing on third base instead of, you know, taking that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. I just get concerned that, you know, starting probably this Friday in Lubbock, he's going to see a lot of off speed pitches. And I just don't know if he has the plate discipline yet. But, man, if he's getting a fastball right now or anything over the plate, he's not scared to hit it. Hey, if he's seeing the ball so well, where better else place? What better else place to go than Lubbock? Yeah, if they throw him anything, but he he will take. I mean, he'll he'll take a walk, right? It's not automatic. I just the 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 hole in his game is chasing off speed. So if he can stay disciplined, identify those pitches out of the pitcher's hand, dude, he's he could be a real player for us. Yeah, it seemed like uh, this week he was uh, able to get ahead. It yeah. counts. Even when he wasn't, he, I, I seen uh, he was down 0-2, and the pitcher throws a high fastball, which all year Luke was looking at those because yeah. he, he's expecting a ball, and he just rips it into the outfield for a single. Yeah, he was attacking. That's that, that's I noticed like a different demeanor with him at the plate. He didn't look like acting. He was attacking. Yeah. Another thing, I don't know if this is you know changes how you play you know in the field. But I want to say it was Saturday when they hit a ball into left center and he sprinted over there so fast to keep the runner at first base uh, instead of a that was a clear double from from as soon as it was hit. Um, Oh, it was an absolute cannon. Yeah. And you could tell like, okay, he's got some energy to get over there and, and get that ball in that fast. So that was pretty cool. It was cool. And you guys were like, I know y'all were really surprised he was hitting leadoff. And I'm not going to say I wasn't surprised. But my reaction was, screw it. Nothing else is working. Why not? What do we have to lose? It worked. It worked. But it worked. So where do you want to go next? Oh, Martin, I wanted you to um, tell me what you texted me about Kansas's pitching and how that how that series could have been different. So Kansas had like two good arms on their entire team roster. Um. Their Saturday guy is Sam Ireland, and then who's the who's the Friday guy? Uh, what's his name? Bob Gartner. Bob Gartner. Yeah, thank you. 
Yeah, so he's pretty good. Um, but their their bullpen was just atrocious. I mean, every every guy has like a a, a teenage ERA. And uh, you know, I I texted you either Thursday or Friday, <clears throat> and I was like, as long as we get to their bullpen, because that's a thing. That's a thing that we thought was a recipe for success all year, just because of past years. Where if we get into a team's bullpen, their bullpen pitchers are not as good, so we'll have success against them, right? Well, we've been shown time and time again this year that that's not the case. A lot of teams have just as good seventh pitchers as they have their first pitchers, right? And Kansas is definitely not built that way. Uh, As soon as they pulled their Friday guy, as I I know, as long as as long as that guy did not pitch through the sixth inning. We were gonna win, yeah. Week, week, but Martin, I yeah. mean, they only threw one pitcher after that. And how many runs did he give up? I think Saturday. <laughs> I mean, yes, you can say that, but it's not like we totally. <laughs> Literally, we started got... winning as soon as as soon as their starter was pulled from the game. I know okay, he's still okay. pulled, he he walked like two guys, but then as soon as they pulled him out, it was like yeah. It was like Bugs Bunny, you know, against the Yankees. That's on me not listening. I thought you said win the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) My faux pas. Yeah, we scored four in the sixth, and I think most of us came after the pitching change and then two more in the eighth. You're right. So um, I know I was, man, I was pretty annoyed, I guess, when we were up by one and Kansas got the tying run on in the eighth and we went to Garrett Wright in that situation. Now, not that I don't necessarily trust Garrett Wright, but he's coming back from injury. He's had his command struggles. He hasn't been all that effective. And I thought we had better options. Like we could have gone to Rodriguez there earlier than when we did. I don't want to bring Garrett Wright in the most crucial part of the game with the tying run on. He promptly gives up a hit, but MK, I was sitting next to you and, who else was there? Martin? No, Ray. Wasn't me. I've taken a sports I guess it's just me and you, MK, but you saw I was pretty annoyed by that. Now, like I said a second ago, I didn't. He had pitched an inning on Wednesday striking out the side, but what did you guys think about going to Garrett right there in that high leverage situation? You know, for me, I was okay with it because I thought Kurt only wanted to get one out there. Hit a guy on hit a guy on either second or third. Uh, I thought he just wanted Garrett to come in, get a strikeout, then go to Lewis there in the ninth. Wasn't there guys in the corner? On the corners? Uh, maybe, but I, I know the tying run was in scoring position. But, I mean, am I the only one that had an issue with it? I, I didn't think it was the best move, but I don't know the situation with the bullpen and you know he he is trying to get he is trying to get Garrett Wright and River Ridings back to pitching you know meaningful innings, which I'm totally on board for. I just didn't think that was the situation to do it. Why? Because you're trying to hold on to a conference win on a Friday night, and you got the tying run on. He's inheriting that runner. If you're going to get him right, keep pitching him on on the weeknights or during um, you know blowouts. And then once he's established a, a, a track record of, you know, producing, you know, getting outs consistently, then use him in higher leverage situations. It felt like he was just kind of thrown into the fire. And it, I don't know if he was ready for that situation. Now, I, I hear that, but it is Kansas. And if you're going to try to get him in a high leverage situation yeah. to succeed, wouldn't that be a team you'd want him in a high leverage situation against? No, I thought we just really, really desperately needed to win that game. And I don't think that's up for dispute. So I think right there, you're forget about everything. Like, like what Perk was saying, like now's not the time to be worried about, you know, finding roles for guys. Like you got to go with your best arms when you need them. Right. And, and bring Lewis in, let him get four outs. So Jacob, I, I didn't mean to leave you out to dry. Um, you were asking me how I, how I felt next to you. I was not there Friday night. So who the hell was I sitting next to? <laughs> I guess it could have been me. 
But <laughs> I know at some point I got oh, up yeah. and walked away. But Garrett, yeah, you're came, right. It was. But you. Garrett came in know. on Wednesday. The, the weekend kind of runs together for me now. Right. No, I get it. The Garrett came in on Wednesday, pitched an inning, only gave up one walk, and had three strikeouts. So maybe that does change it a little bit for me. I didn't know that on Friday night. Okay. Because we started recording with Kindle before I saw that inning. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a matter of Kirk going, hey, let's continue this trend. Let's get him some more confidence. Let's get him some more, you know, innings. And if he didn't see anything he liked, he's I mean, I would imagine he'd pull him after one or two batters, you know. Yeah, he did get the next guy out, but if if we replayed that situation again, knowing how it went, like if it's the same situation Friday night against Tech, are you liking the move? I don't know, because Garrett has uh He's got experience with the team. Yeah. That's the one thing that Lewis and some others don't. Nope. But Garrett's also been hurt this year. We don't know what his health is. We know he had, had command. But we don't know and, his health, right? And so if the team does yeah, yeah. and they feel confident in that, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to... Look, I'm not I'm not like really that upset about it. It's just Why are a, you so it, mad? Right? Yeah, it's just a talking point. Man, oh my God. It's like Twitter. Like if you disagree with something, oh, rent free. Oh, why, yeah. why, are you so triggered? why are you so triggered? Like cancel just him. Making a, it's just a tweet. It's just a tweet. Like, <laughs> no, I, I was not there to, to uh, hear and see your anger. So, Oh my goodness. We got so much. You want to take a quick break and... Uh, I got some uh, interesting splits between wins and losses. We can get into that. We can talk uh, lineup and Twitter we'll be, questions. We'll be right after. Uh, we'll be right back after this quick break. Post game beers. All right, welcome back to post game beers. Uh, we just covered game recaps and got into some interesting discussions in the last segment, but there's still plenty to talk about, and we will try to keep this short and to the point so we don't uh, lose your attention. But hit, Hang with us. I think we have some fun discussions coming up. Um, boys, today I had a little bit of a slow day at work, so I uh, cracked open my Excel and did some uh, looking into stats. So this is I, – I don't really have any conclusions for you here. I think some of this is interesting, and I just want to hear your thoughts and see what kind of feedback you guys have. Um, so what I did was I looked at the game logs for the entire season um, – and I split it by wins and losses. So first I looked at hitting. And I'm just going to read you guys some numbers. Actually, no, let me, I'll, I'll do this with pitching. But for hitting, I'll just read you some numbers. So in our wins, we're hitting 313, on-base percentage of 422, a slug of 644. So that gives you an ops of 1.066. So mm -hmm. we're really hitting the shit out of the ball when we're winning. Okay. Now mm -hmm. let's look at losses. 217 batting average, 322 on base percentage, 380 slug, 701 ops, 300 point drop in ops between wins and losses. Okay. So that gives you in wins 8.9 runs per game versus 4.2 in losses, 10.7 hits per game versus 7.1. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious if you hit the ball, you're going to win, right? But I wanted to see, too, is there anything that jumps out at you guys there? I mean, because I think the pitching is the more interesting part of this. Well, I was going to say real quick before I get to Martin, because the pitching, I feel like, has been relatively consistent starting pitching. That's but, the hypothesis, right? Right. So yep. if you look at the hitting, it's like, hey, if we're going to hit well, they're going to win the game. If not... That's the game. It's not dependent on pitching. Martin, what you got? Have we hit well in any losses that you can remember? Um, Florida State. Which, yeah, Florida but those State. Those were late. The Saturday. It, well, it's not, it, it's not time sensitive based on inning. It's game overall. Okay, yeah. Florida State Friday night. Florida um, State. Pretty decent against Missouri. Um, I mean, in UT, oh, no, that was the win against San Diego Friday night. No, they may have gotten just destroyed. No, uh, two runs on two. seven hits. No, yeah, nothing no. really. No. Uh, UTA, the loss. Seven runs on 13 hits. They left a ton of guys on base. Um, killer double plays, guys thrown out on the bases. Yeah. 
Uh, even Oklahoma, that Saturday game, there was opportunity there. Um, let's that was, was that the David one run on Bishop? two hits? That was two hits. Yeah, like, one they, run on I think two they hits, hit, right? But didn't they, they have the bases loaded? Yeah, yeah, well, they did have five walks, and they probably all came in one inning, or most of uh, them. But Bases loaded, and then Bishop grounded to yes. a oh, shortstop? Boy. Yeah. No, but that's not hitting well, though. Yeah. That's like you almost hit well enough to win the game. Yeah. So I guess the surprise there is, well, no, I mean, I think that pretty much lines up with the hypothesis, right? Like we, we haven't hit well in games we've lost. Well, let me flip over to pitching. And before I read off the stats, what do you guys think? Okay. So between ERA walks and hits per innings pitch K through nine or K per nine walks per nine hits per nine. Which of those statistics would be more predictive of a win or a loss versus the others? Does For that question make sense? Walks per nine. Okay. Keep them in off the base. All right. Strikeouts versus walks. Okay. So like K per nine, walks per nine differential. You didn't say that? Well, I have K per nine and walks per nine. So it, it can kind of tell you that story. Do you have an unearned runs statistic? I meant to do that and I didn't. Okay. So my bad. Oh, I'll, been, I'll do that. I'll do yeah. that. I'll do. I'll, uh, That's a good I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah. I was just thinking about all the errors. But you know what? I season. think the reason I didn't is because, well, honestly, MK, they don't have a ton of unearned runs, surprisingly enough. They only have, well, 15 on the year. I guess that's kind of a lot. And there's been some. <laughs> they only have 175. I mean, I, all that too, though, has been just kind of your, your mental error type situations. That yeah, necessarily I, I think that's hurt them more than error, actual you know? errors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they have 96 earned runs versus 15 unearned. So, all right. Okay. What's the what's the ones? So stat here's that... what surprised me. Okay. So I'll just say first of all, let me just jump right to this. So K per nine. The hypothesis would be in wins, we strike out more. In losses, we strike out fewer. In wins, K per nine is 8.8. .8. In losses, 8.4. Wow. That's the same. Okay. I think even more surprising, all right, in wins, we don't walk guys. In losses, man, we're just giving them free passes. Walks per nine. In wins, 3.11. In losses, 4.67. So about a walk and a half game more. Okay. All right. That's a lot. That's 30%. It, it is. All right. It is. But tell me if that's more shocking or 5.36 hits per nine in wins, 11.96 hits per nine in losses. Phew. That's pretty shocking. But I think of the Louisville game where they got like 15 or 16 hits, but only scored three runs. Bigly. I think Mizzou had a bunch of hits too. Mizzou had a lot of hits. Florida State. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but Florida State was actually able to convert those into runs. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm that's the split, right? Between wins and losses. Um, your whip, 0.94 in wins. Fantastic. 1.85 in losses. Not Ooh. fantastic. Five, eight, no, that's Ooh. bad. Good. That's double. That's like it's... two two runners an inning almost. Wow. Yeah. And then that's where you allow those mental errors. That's where those mental errors and then the regular errors come into play. It's so anyway, I mean, I, I don't really have a lot of conclusions on this. I just thought the splits were interesting, especially on the pitching side. So usually when we're losing, like we brought up the Florida State game, uh, also the, the UT Arlington game where we're down like 7-0, also, the score dictates who comes in to pitch, right? It does. So, it can, so yeah. we're, we're more likely to bring in guys if we think we're out of the game or, you know, if we're trying to get back into the game, we're not going to use our winning pieces if we're already behind the A-ball, right? That's that's logically true. I don't – because in some of these losses where it's like, damn, Florida State kicked our ass, I mean, we kind of came back. You know, like it was competitive. Yeah, but it got away from us because I think of the Ben Adbelt. Yeah, uh, outing it's, it's, three home runs he gave up. The guys that were in the game, but Ben Adbelt's not a punt pitcher though. 
He's not. He's no, not no, a no, 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 no. I mean, we were in the game until. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, that happened. Yeah. Right, and then after Benabelt is yeah. white flag. Yeah, yeah. All right. I mean, that's really all I got on that. I just thought I would share since I did the work on it. No, it was good. Um, it, Jacob, it was great info. Let's stick with pitching for a second. Yeah, uh, go for and, it. And jump into Twitter questions. We've got a question from Ethan King at Ginger Genocide. Thanks for oh, oh, chiming oh. in again. He asks, <laughs> how much does Cam pitching like uh, like this change the ceiling for the team? I don't really think i think we factored in cam pitching like this in the ceiling of the team i agree Mm -hmm. yeah he's i mean it was kind of a best case kind of deal but still it was possible with the talent he has right i would i would switch the name to cole klecker because we weren't expecting him to Mm -hmm. step up in this way you know cole klecker has kind of been the marcelo perez of this team this year uh i Yes, in a lot of ways, I think you're right. I, Marcella was like the best pitcher on staff for stretches of the season. I don't think Klecker's there, but he doesn't need to be. He's he's good enough to win you games. Yeah, he's solidified Saturday. Saturdays are huge games. But yeah, Holy. I don't know. I mean, I think we covered Cam Brown quite a bit, but it's yep. he, he deserves all the praise, man. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Right. He doesn't have the top draft talent on this team for no reason, you know, on the on the pitching staff. Like it just really freaking sucks we didn't win that OU Saturday Sunday game, you know? Because if you got Cam freaking Brown out there, that should be auto win. And it kind of has been, except for well, Missouri he didn't pitch; he pitched on Saturday. But every every other Sunday we've won, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. That's that's true. That's true. Except for the OU. Yeah, and that's what that that. Just it sucks that we lost that game, and I hope that we can make up for it. And we took the right first steps by sweeping Kansas, but we're gonna have to still kind of make up for that game, I think. Yeah, at uh, some point. Yeah, games like uh, I mean, weekend series like Kansas, they're not really makeup games. They're bo- the bottom of the barrel of the Big Twelve. You kind of well, expect to sweep at home. We always like he, uh, yeah, I think expect to sweep is a little strong. Maybe hope to sweep. So that I want to ask. Okay, how, can I rephrase you, that? Yeah, need to sweep. Well, like you, you need don't to need, sweep after. Yeah, because need to sweep. Yeah, you like Mark said, I don't this weekend. Yeah, I don't think OU is going to end up being that good, and that I, that's that loss is just going to hurt. You know, it's going to just be an eyesore the whole season. How would you feel if we'd have gotten two out of three in Norman? And then two out of three against Kansas. A lot better, that's for sure. You think? Sure no, I'd feel. Be- I'd probably feel worse. I. I I'd no, feel probably the, the same. same. Like, the same, damn, yeah. we can't drop a game against Kansas, even though it's. I disagree. It's I think you win both series, and you feel good about where you're going. I feel I better because we could still win literally every series in the Big Twelve. Agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. It wouldn't. Yeah, it would be better. But I think the effect on the standings would be the same. Because do you expect Kansas to beat Oklahoma State, Texas, West Virginia? No. no the, the, Kansas, Tech. The, the, the effect on the standings would be exactly the same there. They count the exact same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get but what you're saying, you, Jacob. If you win the series. No, in- I'm not. Yeah, Ray, I'm not taking a strong position mm-hmm. either way. I'm just no. curious about it. So if you, if you win the series in Norman, like you have wiggle room to lose, like you could lose a game against Kansas or Baylor. Like, so you guys think we're back? You think you think we're fully back on track after sweeping Kansas? No, I mean, well, I don't. It, but Martin just said that you have room to lose to Kansas if you win the series in Norman. I you guess do. so because you expect to take two or three your home series. Exactly. But don't you also expect to only win one for your road? No matter. Not against, uh, against bad teams. Against bad teams. Okay. Or sorry, if, if you're playing good teams, yeah. you expect to win one, right? Just don't so, get swept. Yeah, correct. Just don't get swept. Like but weekend, that wasn't the way we felt about Oklahoma. We should have gone in there and won that series. And right. I mentioned this to y'all, you know, quickly running into Kirk on, you know, the Monday after. He was pissed. You know, yeah, he was pissed. We were, I was we pissed. Were too. <laughs> we were too. I'm just saying, you could tell the disdain in his voice. You know, talking about the series, and 
they expected to win that, and they expected, I think, to win all three um, against OU. Uh, they should have. Oh, they put sure. up 13 runs mm-hmm. in the first game. Dude, Dude I was – after after Saturday, I was like, damn it. There goes the sweep. Well, at least we'll get two out of three. I mean, there's no way we lose with Cam on the mound today. Right. But – right. Yeah, go ahead. Let's let's not get too Logan far. Logan at Storyteller underscore LG says, "How do you feel?" Uh, we're going to talk about this again uh, a lot on Wednesday. But how do you, how should we be feeling about uh, heading to Lubbock this weekend? Let's say let's use that question to plug. We got the Gaucho boys coming in on Wednesday. Gambling Gauchos, yeah, coming in on Wednesday. We're going to chat with them about Texas Tech. Um, and they, they just are got swept. fired up. They're yeah. pissed They're off. Fighting anyone and everyone on Twitter right now. <laughs> even themselves. <laughs> yeah, All even right, Rob man. and Kyle are going at each other. We'll it's, keep, it's ugly. It is we'll so keep, ugly right we'll now. We'll keep the quick questions going. Eric Sorensen, uh, uh, not that one, but at Eric yeah. Sports360AZ <laughs> says, will there be a spring sale? Eric, I tried to reach out to the football team. Um, they have not responded. Uh, so. My answer is I don't know. I'm sorry about that. Oh, I, meant to- I texted. I texted Ladanian Tomlinson. Um, he said he would find out and get back to me. So he said, "Who's this?" <laughs> Wait, the Jacob Sailors on the Post Game Beers podcast. I'll be uh, out at Pro Day on Thursday. I'll ask Bill Belichick if right. he knows. Yeah. We're running the forty. Okay. Are you going to pull that- audio? Are you going to get audio for the podcast? Maybe. Hey, did you guys hear Ray on the pregame show Friday? He did great. Ray did awesome. Yeah. Thank you. you. Yeah, this is Ray Cartwright of Frogs Today. Oh, yeah. It was great. All right, so we got some more questions. Horned Horned Frogs coverage at Horned Frogs COV says, are we using pitch uh, the pitch com? That's what I would assume because I haven't seen the catcher give a sign all year. Oh, is he talking about, like, signaling? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we we actually talked about this. Yeah. Saturday, right? Yeah. 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 And so 100%. we know the pitcher gets the electronic signal from the dugout, but I think so. I was watching Carson. He looks into the dugout. I wonder if there's a second guy giving him a like visual sign as they're typing it in or whatever they do for the pitcher. I know he- for a fact that he has an earpiece in his in his mask. Okay. So he's just looking over there because habit. Could be, or maybe the earpiece wasn't working then. I don't know, but mm. I know, I know for sure he has one in his mask. Ray, is there a way for us to get um, some audio into his earpiece? <laughs> uh, and we can give him some tips on the on the game. I don't know. I don't think Strike it'd be as easy to out. throw the heater. Throw the heater. <laughs> easy to hack. It reminds me of that. Uh, the guys in AM that called the bullpen phone <laughs> years <laughs> <Yeah>. ago. <laughs> Got about that. All right. Hey, our guy Keith, uh, it was great to have you in the uh in the stadium this weekend. You are five and oh when you're in, in uh, attendance. So maybe including one and oh in the dugout. Yeah, um, he was the coach for the what Northwestern game, or was that right. ACU? Yeah. Spend some more time in Fort Worth, Keith. Um, but Sarlos and Sons asks, should we make it should we make a choke it and poke it t-shirt? So, fellas, I don't know what this means. I'm assuming from Friday night. What do you what do you guys what's choke it and poke it? He was saying that all weekend. Do you really do you, you don't know the like baseball application? You only know the uh, other application? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Father, <laughs> I only know the baseball application, but so, as a dad right. of three, I, yeah, the boring he's... baseball answer. And are you being sarcastic? Because I'm going to sound <laughs> like an idiot if I actually answer this question. Well, he's saying as a dad of three, he only chokes it and pokes it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to leave. You, all right, unless you're legitimately asking about the baseball application. Our our uh, a friend of the pod Adam at TC Lotus Leaves asks, <laughs> "Do you like camp? Where do you prefer to camp? Mountains near the beach or a desert in Lubbock? <laughs> Texas state parks. Which which one are you gone to, Jacob? All of them, man. All, all of right. them. East Lake, huh? You been to all of them? I haven't been to all of them, but I'll go to any one of them. I kind of want to go to that Caddo Lake. State. Been there, great. Yeah, Do you yeah. go in the summer or in the winter? Uh, I okay. So when I camp, it cannot be in like mid-April to mid-October. Those months are blacked out on my camping calendar. Remember, Martin, when we remember when we went camping uh, a couple of Junes ago. 
Where were you all three hours later? Back at the pool. (laughs) (laughs) We were sweating our nuts off and we said, screw this. We packed up and drove back home. We didn't even stay a night. That was way better than camping. Y'all, I've actually never been camping before. Okay. I was going to say we need an LDC camping trip. That would be awesome. We, uh, we, we'll get like an electric site. We'll get the game streaming. We'll do it on a road series. We talk in West Virginia mountains. (laughs) Dude. Look, you don't have to go far. Like, there's so many state parks close by, an hour and a half out, and you got a weekend getaway. Can it's we amazing. just camp out on the Trinity River? You kind of no, have to go, we far go farther than that. It's, it's starting, to get, <laughs> starting to get a little hot. But, like, Turner Falls is nice. I haven't been there. But, no, but, no like, do you guys like camping? I love camping. So, my answer to the question is mountains, and my favorite camping spot was uh, the Smoky Mountains National Park. There you go. Martin loves to camp. Him and his wife were going to camp before she got sick before the national title on their way back. Can I tell you all a quick story? Do we have time for it? it? It applies to the question. So when I was getting out of the Marine Corps, all my buddies and I did a going away camping trip. Okay. And we got super drunk like the no night way. of, and we were, uh, we were messing around with the campfire. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were pouring gasoline on it. Okay. And we were camped out by this like river and it's like running. Okay. Running fast. Well, we're messing around pouring gasoline on the fire. One of the guys decides to throw the whole damn gas can in the fire. And it was like a bomb went off. Like I got blown back out of my. And I'm like getting up like Tom Hanks in uh, Saving Private Ryan. Everything's fog of war. My buddy's like, my eyebrows are gone. My eyebrows are gone. <laughs> meanwhile, the whole damn campfire or campsite is on fire. Jesus. So we're trying to put it out. One guy grabs the gas can and river thinking would it douse it no that gas can just flowed down the river like a raging fireball in the night so (laughs) two guys go chasing after that they put it out we put the campfire out and now police is coming so immediate lockdown everybody their tents don't make a sound we got away with it we packed up the next morning drove out dude i almost got put in jail like two days before i got out of the Marine Corps. more than jail you almost died man <laughs> oh in the police right now i probably yeah. would have rather died yeah it was on an indian reservation too so oh statutes of limitations dog i can't now. release this podcast <laughs> no statutes of limit and they can't prosecute i mean that was in california i'm good yeah ray can you cut that out and we'll be safe hell yeah. no man Hey, uh, I think Keith is listening to the podcast right now. He just <laughs> tweeted. Live. He just tweeted at us. I spent five games doing my darndest to make it on the uh, podcast, but when my mother yelled "choke it and poke it," I knew it is her that should get the honorable mention. There you go. Shout out to <laughs> Mrs. Sarlos. All right, a couple more before we head out. Okay. Michael Nami at Michael Nami Nine asks: Do you think we can make it to the College World Series? playing at this high of a level. I know it's really hard to tell at the beginning of the year, but Frogball was solid all the way around this week. Yes. All right. So what do you need to make it to Omaha? Like pitching. Look. Okay. Be, beyond that, right? Pitching, you need talent, good, luck. I mean, a lot of stuff. A lot of luck. Okay. But to me, you need That's decent a- starting pitching and a deep bullpen. We have great starting pitching and what's turning into a deep bullpen. Plus, you talk about how frustrated we've been with the lineup. We're frustrated because of their ceiling. Like, what team in the country has a higher ceiling than we do? LSU. Besides LSU. Yeah, yeah. there are some teams, okay? You're not going to play gotcha with me here, but it's not that many. (laughs) It's really not that many. Because LSU, dude, what, do they have bullpen depth? Yes. I don't know. Maybe they do. Probably, yeah. Yeah, probably guys example, in there throwing 98, 99, and 100 against Arkansas. But I watched like Tennessee bring in reliever after reliever against AM that just stunk the place up. I think Tennessee's down this year. Yeah, Tennessee's definitely not as good as they were right year, the year before. I'm just saying, if you if you look at like who you think the elite teams are, I think our ceiling is right there with them. I mean, and then you put in the luck and all that, and you put in a couple out. elite teams like Vanderbilt and Arkansas, and you know it's not a it's not a three game series, but we've still taken taken it to them. You know, our weakness right now is underperforming. Yeah, I mean, I I had TCU in my eight for Omaha before the season started. 
Um, I really homework. This five and zero. Well, I didn't have him last year, but uh, uh, this five and zero week actually doesn't change my mind about anything. Uh, what no. what actually changed my mind is this week against uh, UTA and and Texas Tech because we're going on the road. We're going on the road for five games. What would a four a four and zero week do to your mindset this week? I would book my Airbnb in Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would probably be a little more cautiously pessimistic, thinking that, okay, they have a high ceiling, but they can't just roll into any team's crib and sweep them anytime they want. Like, that's mm-hmm. not, I mean, they did lose two or three to OU, right? So if they did do that, it was not like that's just predictable for every weekend going forward. Like, I think a two and two week, and you're still sitting pretty, personally. This week? Yeah. You mean so lose Tuesday, but win two of three? No, 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 no. You can't no, lose no. Tuesday. No, win Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lose. Just saying. I need you to clarify. No, okay, a yeah. Bit. Oh, yeah. You're, I mean, you're right about sitting pretty as far as winning the Big 12. But, I mean, what does winning the Big 12 matter anymore if it doesn't automatically give you? Uh, you know, you're a host in a regional. Well, you can't go seven and five on Tuesdays. It matters a lot if you don't go seven and five on Tuesday. I mean, okay, if we lose two or three in Lubbock, I'm not worried, but we got to win two or three against Texas and OSU. Yeah. And go ahead and add K-State and West Virginia to that. And then they have, uh, yeah. At least we got Oklahoma State. If if they only win one in Lubbock, then they're going to have to win every series to win the Big 12. Man, yeah, they'll be sitting perhaps, five. And, they'll be sitting five and four. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they, they right. finished sixteen and eight last year in conference. So, so if you think about that, they have to win every okay. series. Okay, so five and four. Now, after Oklahoma State, Texas, that's what nine and seven, and then you have three against K State, three against Baylor. So right there, you're at what fifteen? You hope or, I don't know. thirteen and nine. Kansas State's not an auto sweep. No, three, six wins there, MK. 15 and 10. If they win two of three of every series, it's 15 and 10. You got to go to West okay. Virginia and win two of three. Yeah, it's going to be hard, but I'm assuming that they're a really good team. Yeah. Man, that that Oklahoma series. What was the? Uh, <laughs> yeah, was I, I, the... that's what I was saying, MK. It's we're gonna be looking at that all season. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What was the stat you had last year on the pod about the magical number of wins you need to I get? I think to? it was 16. I thought it was like 18. No, I don't think it was that high. Well, they won. They won with 16 and eight. They were tied. I want to say with uh, Oklahoma State, and I think or no, yeah, I think Oklahoma State, and they last because year? they beat them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we, we got 17? it outright last year, right? No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, what oh, I'm saying okay, is they were tied, but not record wise. Tied yeah. in record, but because they beat them two or three in Stillwater, they won. And then the, the hosting came down to like pretty much Tuesday night performance, which Correct. we sucked at. Correct. Correct. All right. Anything else before we close out, fellas? Dude, there's a yeah. lot of meat we left on the bone, but we can. I push know. It to, we got we a can lot. push it to next week. Yeah. yeah. What, what are you going to do? A big around the Big Twelve. Let's start it next because West Virginia hadn't even played a. Let's talk about the Big Twelve yet. with the Gauchos on Wednesday night. Yeah, we can right. do that. We can yeah. do that. All right. Congrats to Cam Brown, Big Twelve Pitcher of the Week. Uh, thank you, Jacob, Ray, Martin, Garrett. Frogs welcome, are at okay. UTA this Tuesday. That's tomorrow, and uh, they'll be in Lubbock for a three-game uh, series against Texas Tech on the weekend. We'll have the Gambling Gauchos to break down the Red Raiders this week uh, on the midweek pod. Until then. Let's beat the Mavs. Uh, Go Frogs. Go Frogs. Go Frogs.